When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making offers and cashing checks. What's new? What's next? With Ashley Montion. Hello, my friends. Ash here bringing you what's new and what's next at Epic Real Estate. Let's get started. Uh, let's start with what's new and read off some of our follow through Friday wins in the Epic Investors, Epic Invested Facebook group. So Anita, she said that she sold her first investment property that she ever bought. Uh, it was bittersweet, but she should be able to increase her cash flow significantly. She bought the property for $207,000 in 2015, and then she sold it for $315,000. And she said it cash flowed well the whole time. Great job there, Anita. Um, Chris, so he mapped out his real estate investing plan for 2021 and he closed a wholesale deal and just hit double the number of deals in 2020 that he did in 2019. Woo! Killing it, Chris. That is such an amazing goal to reach. Uh, hopefully you can triple that in 2021. Let's see, Justin, he went under contract on a nice fix and flip and should be able to close to a six-figure profit. Ooh, six figures sounds good to me. Mark, uh, he hired a marketing intern. He hit over a hundred points on the Daily Navigator twice and he just started a new marketing campaign. Awesome. It's those little wins that make big differences there, Mark. Good job. That's all I have for what's new. Really quickly, let's talk about what's next. Um, come join us for the Epic Intensive. Uh, we will be hosting this virtually and live here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to be three full days packed with so much information on how to unmask uh, the markets and just going to send you guys home with so many extremely valuable success strategies uh, for navigating the market during these crazy COVID times. Uh, the event is going to be October 22nd through the 24th. Again, we will be doing this virtually and in person. Head over to epicintensive.com to sign up or to find out more. Um, that's all I have for you guys. Enjoy the show. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early, getting your hands on that financial freedom. This is the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Really glad that you found us if this is your first time. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go so you never miss an episode. And if this is not your first time here, well, welcome back. And thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. Wouldn't be here if you didn't do that. So you are the best. Totally appreciate you and love you for that. So thanks again. All right, public service announcement. Take your vitamin D, vitamin C, and your zinc and get your exercise in. 
The recent studies are compelling as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And I just want to keep reminding you these things that are not a cure for COVID-19, by the way, vitamin D, C, zinc, and exercise, but they will significantly help you avoid a hospital visit by way of a much more mild case of the virus should you catch it. Not my opinion, just the data straight and to the point. Do with it what you wish. Uh, I just feel it's my duty to keep you all healthy and happy so you can enjoy all the money that you make by listening to this show. Alrighty, on a political note, um, damn, Matt, he, he's going to get political. No, not really. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think I have a political point of view. I don't consider myself a liberal. I don't consider myself a conservative, but rather a pragmatist, a realist that does his best to live by the golden rule. I treat others as you would like to be treated yourself. So the older I get, I find peace in just kind of staying out of people's business. And I find currency in being kind. And I rely more and more on my own intuition to make decisions. And my intuition has evolved out of my own personal life experiences and always being fact-oriented. I'm data-oriented. I like statistics. I like to see what works. I like to see the, the real deal without the story around it. Just And so I just look at that, trying to leave my emotions out of my important decisions as much as possible. And the emotions are strong, so sometimes they creep in. But uh, whether I like it or not, I really just search for the truth. And weirdly, that's not a popular position these days, as facts don't seem to matter as much. While emotions and feelings are the driving forces of today's political movements. And I think that's very dangerous to the freedoms that we enjoy here in the United States. You know, being a United States Marine, I served to protect our freedoms. I volunteered to serve to do that. And those very freedoms seem to be under fire, predominantly under the guise of socialism. That's really, really gaining some popularity and gaining some support. And being the pragmatist that I am, I'm thoroughly confused <laughs> as I just, I can't help but notice that people flee socialist countries so they can live in the United States because it's better here. If socialism is so great, why are they coming here? Why aren't people fleeing South Florida for Cuba? I mean, those are one-way raft trips and they're just coming from Cuba to here. And, and why are Nicaraguans and Hondurans and Guatemalans migrating north to the US rather than south to Venezuela? The distance, just about the same. The reason is life is better here. The US certainly isn't perfect, but it's the better option when given a choice for most people outside the US. But as I mentioned, the facts seem to count for less and less these days. The emotions lead the political charge with the, the argument being, yeah, but those countries, they just didn't do socialism correctly. We'll do it differently. Yet history shows, I know, more data, more facts, that socialism has a 0% success rate. 
But the fight continues, with the group Antifa receiving a large portion of the headlines for this socialist push, even communist push. Now, depending on how deep you want to go, and regardless of what you think of the merits of their causes, when it comes to capitalism and a free market, they've got it wrong. History is not on their side. The data isn't on their side. Maybe you're thinking, why are you talking about this, Matt? Where are you going with this? Well, because it has a direct impact on you as a real estate investor. And I'll tell you why. And I'm going to tell you how, unapologetically. Unless you've had your head buried under a pillow in the last several months, you have become aware of Antifa, if you didn't know of them already. Antifa, a political protest movement, is fighting in the streets against the abuse of authority, against fascism, against racism, of which are injustices worth fighting for. Not a fan of their methods, but those causes deserve this nation's attention for sure. But when it comes to their attack on capitalism, they've got it all wrong. And I'm gonna tell you why. But before we go there, click the subscribe button. Let's do it. Hi, my name is Matt Terrio, CEO of Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. And Antifa's attack on capitalism is a direct attack on your ability to retire early. And here's what I mean. Antifa is a political protest movement made up of self-ruling groups united by their militant opposition to fascism. Fascism is a form of forcible suppression of an opponent wielding a strong command over a society. Now here's some irony with their name being Antifa. It's short for anti-fascism. You see, they fight alleged fascists, their opponents, using forcible suppression, wielding their command over them. Quite hypocritical as they use the same tactics they condemn their enemies for using. But that's not really what this is all about, just something I noticed, perhaps a topic for another time. What should concern you as a real estate investor is their attack on capitalism, our economic system based on private production for profit, which includes the ownership of private property and the recognition of property rights of which directly affects real estate investors and those using real estate to attain their financial independence and their early retirement. Translation, if you do too well for yourself, Antifa wants to take what you've earned and give it to someone who didn't earn it. Oh, Mrs. Johnson, you have too many rental properties. I know you saved your money and you worked hard for these, but we're gonna take some of them. We're gonna take most of them away and just give them to people that don't have any, just because they don't have any. As a society, we're standing on a very slippery slope at the moment. And that type of idea, as crazy as it may sound to you right now, isn't too far down the slope. There are people in powerful government positions as we speak that like the sound of this redistribution of wealth in the name of humanitarianism, ignoring that it's been proven over time, many times, to be a deterioration in human welfare. And I'll get to that in a minute. Now, I'm all about charity and helping those in need. I do it already, I do it frequently, and I do it abundantly. And it feels good to voluntarily do so. So there's a part of me that can understand how these progressive ideas are catching on. Yet there's another side to it that's fueling 
and accelerating this progressive fire. Meaning, there's no real denying the crooked, lazy, dishonest exploiters of the capitalist system that have tarnished the reputation of capitalism. And our education system doesn't help either as it has made it a more common practice to instill in the young that rich are evil, greedy manipulators of the system, of which damages the reputation of capitalism even more, causing the capitalist system to be viewed as evil itself. In reality, it's not the capitalist free market system that's evil, it's the minority of bad operators within the system that make it seem so. The true capitalist benefits only from their generous contribution to society, the improvement of lives, and the creation of jobs, the very thing that real estate investors do, as just one example. And these are all good things for a society, for both rich and poor people alike. And I'll get to the benefits of the poor in just a second. And it's not what you're thinking either. But first, let's imagine the US without capitalism. And you have to look no further than your experience at the DMV. You've got long lines, you got non-negotiable fees, you got slow and often rude customer service. Or, or maybe look at your experience at the airport with TSA. Similar experience to the DMV. Or in a real estate context, have you ever lived in government housing? With its lack of freedoms, lack of choice, lack of quality, poor conditions. Now, imagine those same experiences and conditions when it comes to your next doctor visit. Imagine those same experiences and conditions when it comes to your next visit to the grocery store. Slow service, rude service, non-negotiable fees, non-negotiable policy, you got poor quality, you got poor conditions. I mean, you got this take it or leave it thing going on. You've got no choice. Going to the doctor or the grocery store would be just like going to the DMV. It's because of the incentives and competition that capitalism breeds, that we live better, we live cheaper, we have options. Capitalism gives us better products and services, lower prices, and freedom of choice. But Antifa and their allies will say capitalism is harsh and leaves too many behind. Capitalism, it ignores personal hardships and it oppresses the average person through no fault of their own. It's unfair, they say. Antifa will say free market economies grow slower than those with a heavier government footprint and that the poor benefit more in economies like that when they grow. And it's within these conclusions where Antifa has it wrong. Wrong, wrong. Antifa will shout from the rooftops, power to the people, and, and raise their clenched fists as they say it, and what they really mean is power over the people. Their ideas are supported by the faulty belief that capitalism keeps the lowest wage earners of a society down. But in reality, a country's lowest earners actually do much better when free markets are allowed to work, when production is privately owned, and when government's role in economic activity is limited. And this is not my opinion. It's what a long history of global data shows. Now the data on the standard of living and economic freedoms of people from 157 countries over the last few decades demonstrate that rich and poor alike 
are economically better off in countries that have free market economies. One measure of capitalism is the rank of a country on the Fraser Economic Freedom Index. And there are a number of similar indexes out there that are highly correlated with one another. And the conclusions of these indexes are the same when measuring the markets, when measuring regulation, the economy, and private ownership of capital and property. Countries that score highest on this index include Hong Kong, New Zealand, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and the United States. On the other end, you've got Pakistan, Ukraine, Iran, Syria, and bringing up the lowest ranking on the index, Venezuela. When you look at the richest 10% and the poorest 10% of each country, in the countries that rank in the top half of these freedom indexes, the rich earn almost three times as much as the rich in the countries in the bottom half. But where it's most revealing, not to mention most compelling, is that in the free market half of countries, the poor bring home six times more than the restrictive half. Further, within the ranks of the wealthiest half of countries, the poor are more than twice as well off in those that are more free market oriented. Now, despite this strong statistical relationship between wages of the rich and poor, the movement there is not perfectly linked. Sometimes the incomes of the richest members of an economy increase more rapidly than those of the poorest members. And this fact has led Antifa and their government friends to conclude, albeit incorrectly, that rising inequality implies falling or stagnant incomes of the poor. It is true that economic development often creates a gap between incomes of the rich and the poor, even as the standard of living of the poor still rises. Case in point is Hong Kong's rapid growth from 1960 to 2000. In 1960, Hong Kong's rich earned approximately 20 times as much as the poor. By 2000, that ratio had risen to 33 times. Simultaneously, however, the income of the poor increased fivefold, making Hong Kong's poor population of 2000 far better off than the poor of the earlier generation. And much more recently, Vietnam witnessed similar effects in their economy. General economic growth tends to benefit all. A rising tide in an economy in a free market system really does lift all boats. In a government-controlled society absent of a free market, those boats, they sink. And there's a very good reason as to why this happens. You see, Antifa and their affiliated group's ideas of redistribution and socialism, it may sound and feel good to many, as it promises prosperity, equality, and security to more of the population. And indeed, it may even have a short-term positive effect for society's poor by way of increasing their disposable income. But very much like how a pyramid scheme is ultimately unsustainable because it is based on faulty principles, socialism is unsustainable in the long run because of those same faulty principles. You will eventually run out of other people's money to pay for everything. And then you'll have no choice but to return to a free market economy. A painful lesson learned by Israel, India, and the United Kingdom of which this move from socialism back to a free market economy saved them all from total collapse. Further, socialism doesn't work because it is not consistent with the fundamental principles of human behavior. The failure of socialism in countries around the world can be traced to one critical defect. It is a system that ignores incentives. Incentives matter. Incentives are the utmost importance for an economy to thrive. By failing to emphasize incentives, socialism is a theory inconsistent 
with human nature and is therefore doomed to fail. What every country that embraces these types of socialist ideas tends to find is they're nothing more than a temporary patch, a band-aid. The long-term remedy for raising incomes of the poor this way are fleeting. To raise incomes over the long run, it is necessary to improve the productivity of the lowest half of wage earners. Redistribution and socialism, while serving an immediate humanitarian goal, does nothing to improve worker productivity, on which wages ultimately depend. As a country, a good start in riding this ship is by addressing two primary obstacles. One, the deep-seated belief that capitalists are malicious. True capitalists are producers. When they enrich society by supplying items of great value, they receive accordingly, as they should by enriching society. And two, the training of generations within our school system to become wage earners instead of entrepreneurial capitalists. Our education system continues to pump out individuals who confuse the difference between an asset and a liability within a capitalist economy. We were all taught that our job, money, and our personal residence are assets. When in reality, you can't own a job, money is no longer real, and the only asset of a personal residence is the mortgage. I mean, unless someone is paying your mortgage and paying you to stay there, it is not your asset. It's the bank's asset. The authentic entrepreneurial capitalist has a different view on what defines an asset. That definition begins when one finds solutions to common problems, improving the quality of life for those they affect. They are generous, creative, and a benefit to society. The world is growing and developing at ever-increasing speeds, and there will be no shortage of entrepreneurial opportunities. You've gotta get that there's not enough to go around idea out of your head because there's plenty for those who want it and are willing to work for it. So, the question remains, do we train our future generations to step into the position of problem solvers and economic contributors? Or do we continue to teach them that their best option is to sell their time for money, to send them down the road thinking that they're entitled to money they didn't earn from people who did earn it? Antifa's attack on capitalism is cloaked in the feel-good slogan, power to the people, but the end result is inevitably power over the people, followed by more poverty, misery, and tyranny. The first actionable step to mending this economic crisis is a rich dose of financial education. Without it, the economy will experience the imminent demise that awaits all pyramid schemes. By educating future generations how to be generous capitalists, the only kind of true capitalist, the economic climate will begin to heal. But in order to train the future, the education starts now with you. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know? There's a good chance you know someone else who would too. And when their name comes to mind, share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. Alrighty, that's it for today. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio. Living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Huh. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.